Well, good morning. Welcome to Life Church. I'm Aaron Cole, the senior pastor. It's great to see you. Can you join with me in welcoming all of our campuses? Brookfield campus, Appleton campus, Milwaukee campus, Germantown campus, online. Wherever you are joining and connecting with us from, we're glad to have you. And we're continuing this series called Honor Codes. If you have your Bibles, I want you to turn with me today to Proverbs chapter 3. Proverbs chapter 3. And we're going to look at, uh, I've got several verses throughout today to kind of support my talk, but this is kind of a, a, key, a key verse. So if you weren't with us last weekend, and just so you know this, I think everybody that was at church last Sunday, like there's a special reward in heaven for being at church when it's that nice. Amen? And today, it's, it's a good day today, so yeah, you, 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 you win that. So it's double credit for last week and this week. But, um, but if you weren't with us, we began this series about talking about honor and what honor is and how honor is some kind of a lost characteristic or a lost uh, character trait in our world and our society. It just feels like that honor has kind of gone out the window. And, 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 and according to scripture, honor is to, means to value or to respect or to highly esteem something. To honor means to value, to respect, or to highly esteem something. It's something that's precious, something that's weighty, something that's valuable. If something's without honor, according to scripture, it means, it's what, where we get the word dishonor. It's, it means to treat something as common or ordinary. It's just, you know, it's just, it's just ordinary. It's just common. There's nothing that's of value or of great respect or of high esteem. And honor is something that you give. Honor is not something that you earn. You earn respect, but you, you, you give honor. Honor is not about the recipient or the object that's being honored, it's about the person doing the honoring. It speaks of who you are. It speaks of, of, of what you're about. And so, in the, and in the Bible, what's really interesting is when I was doing a study on this, and, and I'd never seen this quite before because we just kind of use this word. Like when we say honor, we go, yeah, I know what that is. But really, it's not a word that we think a lot about and that we do much like what we would call in theological circles uh, a... Uh, uh, basically a kind of a deep dive into scripture and to, and to really pull that out and go, what, 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 what does this mean? What, where is this coming from and, and how do we do this? And, and in scripture, there's only two ways. There are only two stated ways in scripture that you honor God. God declares of himself there's only two ways that you honor him. And today I'm going to talk about one of those. Again, I didn't write the book. Uh, I'm just telling you what it says. But there are only two ways, according to Scripture, that you show honor to God. And uh, kind of a spoiler alert a little bit. One way is honoring the Sabbath, part of the Ten Commandments, right? So what you're doing today by putting God first in your week, at the first part of your week, of setting aside a day. And we know that Jesus says that the Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. So, so even if your schedule works in a way that you can't, get to church on a Sunday morning, maybe your Sabbath is a different day, but you establish a day of the week where you set aside and you cease from your work. And again, I'm all about work. Parents should say amen to that. Uh, amen. You got kids, get them out there and work, okay? Uh, and so uh, kids are like, really? Like we're not even out of school yet and you're already going on this. So, um, but, but you set aside a day of the week where you honor God. You cease from your working. You, you give him praise for the strength that he's given you, for the blessing that he's given you, for the life that he's given you one day a week. Now, the Jews would do this, 
their Sabbath would begin sundown on Friday to sundown on Saturday. But the Jews believed the way they viewed the day was that the day began at the end of the day. And in our Western mindset, we, we start our day at the beginning. It goes from sunup to, to kind of sunup to the next sunup. That's, that's the day. Uh, and so they believed it was from sundown. So that's when they would begin to go and practice Sabbath. And if you're in an Orthodox Jewish community or you're around Orthodox Jews, you will see that they don't drive on those days. They don't do anything on those days. They're very much religious in their activities because they want to honor God. That's the way, again, again, according to Scripture, that they would honor God. They would cease from their working. They would cease from their doing. They would cease from their activities. Everything else, six days, let's go. But one day, we're going to set this aside for God. And we even see in, our, in, our, in, in America, there are businesses that do really, 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 really well that go, hey, we want to honor God. We, it's really where that principle comes from. And so they, they're closed on Sundays. And, and, and it's amazing how their bottom line uh, actually does really, really well. And it's not affected because, again, this is about this is about, this is a day that we're going to set aside to cease from our work, to cease from our deal. These principles, let me say this too, if all truth is God's truth. So if God is the creator of heaven and earth, laws of physics, laws of, of, uh, that are in our world and in our universe, God established those things. So when we get laws from his word, meaning the Ten Commandments and how he tells us to express ourselves to him, those things work. So even if you're not a Christ follower, being six days on and one day off, having that level of a, of, of a work-life balance, which is what we see in the creation story when God created the heavens and the earth, this rhythm works because that's the way the creator designed you and I, the creation, to work. What happens is when we just kind of go pedal to the metal seven days a week and we push and we push and we push and we push, and then we wonder why we're burned out. We wonder why we're empty. We wonder why. Because, again, God didn't design us that way. And so... I know it's a spoiler alert. I'm not even talking about that today. The other way that we, that we honor God is by giving. The giving of our resources. So Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10 says this. Honor the Lord with your wealth, with the first fruits of all your crops. Then your barns will be filled to overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. Only two ways that the Bible speaks of us honoring God. One is the Sabbath. We're going to talk about that next weekend. But the second is, or the other is, giving. Why is it that these two things are so difficult for us to do? If there's only two ways that God says, hey, if you want to honor me, if you want to show respect, if you want to show esteem, if you want to show weight, if you want to show me as not just common or ordinary, but that I am the king of kings, I'm the Lord of lords, I'm the savior of the world. Why is it that this is so difficult? Especially when we talk about money. As soon as I mention that, the oxygen comes out of the room. It's like, here we go. And I'm not taking a special offering. I'm not doing anything. I'm just telling you what the word says. The reason why is that generosity has always been at the center of God's heart. God is a giver. Look all through scripture, all through the times that he gives, the grace and the mercy and the faithfulness. It's new every single morning. Great is God's faithfulness. The love of God that's unending. The mercy of God that's unending. For God so loved you and I that he gave his one and only son. But the truth of the matter is, is though generosity and giving is at the center of God's heart, it's not always at the center of man's heart. Because you know who we take care of? Me. I, me, and my. 
You know why? That's the reason why the Bible says that, that Jesus says that you're to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and love your neighbor as you love who? The Lord? No, yourself. Because the truth is, bless you, the truth is, is that, well, hey, we've all been there. Anybody been dealing with any of this stuff? Okay, amen. The truth of the matter is, is that, is that in all of this, is that we have a tendency to love ourselves more than we love anybody else, even the Lord. We have a tendency to take care of ourselves more than anybody else, even sometimes more than what we take care of our relationship with the Lord. And in Scripture, we, we see there's three different mindsets of generosity, especially when we're talking about this giving, of, uh, this idea of honoring God through giving. And, and I just want you just to look at this because you fall on one of these three. They're very simple. The, the first is what we call the bag, the bag. It, the, the, and this is the mindset that there's never enough. There's never enough. Old Testament, book of Haggai, chapter 1, verse 6. It says, you have sown much and harvested little. You eat, but you never have enough. You drink, but you never have your fill. You clothe yourself, but no one is warm. Must live in Wisconsin, amen? And he who earns wages does so, but he puts them into a bag with holes. It's the statement, I'd love to do more, I'd love to go more, I'd love to give more, but there's just not enough in the bag. Interesting, in every one of these, there's an illustration, a live living illustration in Scripture. This one, Judas. Judas was the treasurer for the disciples. Very interesting. This is one of the questions I have of Jesus. Jesus knew what Judas would do. Jesus knew that Judas would betray him, yet he sought him, he called him, He affirmed him. He taught him. He trusted him. He lived with him. He gave him the money to handle for the disciples. He was the treasurer, the Bible says. In John's Gospel, chapter 12, verse 6, it says that Judas was in charge of the money bag. He does all of this, yet he knows what's going to happen. There's an account that Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26, records of a woman who comes and Jesus has been eating dinner and the disciples are there and and friends of Jesus are there. And this woman comes in as Jesus is done with his meal. She comes in and she takes this very expensive perfume and she breaks it. It would be worth about a year's salary. So whatever you make in a year, just think about that. Giving all of that to the Lord and bringing it to his feet and worshiping him. Could you imagine just writing a check? for coming to church and just giving to the Lord and writing a check for your entire year's wage. That's in essence what she does. Judas sees this and he becomes incensed and enraged. And he just says, this is such a waste. I mean, do you know what we could have done with this? Which is what religious people always say about stuff like that. Do you know what we could have done? You know, da, 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 da. And Jesus says, no, 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 no. You don't understand what, what she, she gets it. She understands that there's coming a time where she won't be able to do this. And, 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 and it's kind of a foreshadowing of Jesus is going, his body needs to be anointed for burial. And this is actually what's going to happen, which is going to save us from our sins and save the world. And Judas does this whole deal in front of everybody, Mark Matthew's gospel records, about how this should be spent and how this is a waste and how this should be it's fiscally irresponsible and all of this. But at the end... He winds up betraying Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Do you feel like there's never enough? There's holes in the bag? You work, but you can't get ahead? 
You toil, but it's never enough. It's always this, always a handout. You're never quite getting up. You're never quite getting there. Why is that? Second is the basket. The second illustration that we see of when we talk about giving in Scripture is the basket. There is enough. There is enough. Deuteronomy chapter 28. This is part of the, of the law that God gave Moses. Verse 1 says, And if you faithfully obey the voice of the Lord your God and be careful to do his, all that he commands, and that I command you today, verse 5 says, Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed will be your basket and your kneading bowl. Now, Jesus gives us a little bit more insight in this. In Luke's gospel, chapter 6, this is kind of how this works. It's just because, again, this is an agricultural society. They're working with animals. They're working with grain. They're working with their, their they, they have wineries and vineyards. This is, this is what they're doing. Jesus says it, it this way, give and it will be given to you in good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over will be put into your lap or into your basket for with the same measure that you use it, it'll be measured back to you. So again, think of grain. It's, 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 it's given to you in good measure. So there's a liberal amount. Then you press it down to make sure there's all the air is gone. Don't you wish they do this with a bag of chips? Like there's nothing that Cheetos anymore. Amen. Am I the only one that thinks that way? Like, there's 160 calories in that little bag? Yeah, right, uh-huh. There's like two bites. Anyhow, sorry. And the price of chips, is it, is it anybody else that's insane, isn't it? Anyhow, sorry. So anyhow, press down, shaken together. Let's shake it all down. And then let's just let it run over so that it runs over into your lap so that there's more than enough. That's what's going to happen. That's what Deuteronomy's talking about. Is that when you... When you have a basket that you give unto the Lord and you surrender unto the Lord with good measure, more than enough, God's going to fill it. He's going to shake it. He's going to press it down. He's going to get everything he can get in that and then till it runs over. It's kind of like when you go to get a Coke, you know, like at a vending machine, at a, at a, like a, at a soda fountain. Right? And you, you want to get everything you can, so you just do the right amount of ice. Anybody else? You put it up there until it foams. You let it wait, and you do it again. Are you one of those people? Yes. Then you <laughs> press down, shaking together. Amen? Until it runs over a little bit. Because I'm paying for this thing. I'm going to get all I can get. Amen? Right? I don't need any air. This is like a bag of chips. Do not. Do not short me on my chips. I'm just telling you. Don't short me on my drinks. I need all of it there. If you tell me there's 12 ounces, I don't want 11.5. I want 11.8. I don't want 11.9. I need 12. Matter of fact, I need 12.1. Can I get a witness? Amen. <laughs> this is the reason why I go to Dairy Queen and Appleton Avenue in Menominee Falls. I'm just telling you because they got the biggest small cones because it's 220 calories. So if it's a small, small or a big, small, it's 220. That's how I look at it. Amen. <laughs> I want to go where it's pressed down, shaking together, and running over. I need that gal that's putting on that ice cream to put it in there and get big. You know how they do those big billows, you know? <laughs> I don't need those little ones. I need it so that it's over, over the, you know, it's going over the rim of the edge of the cone. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I need it that if it's hot enough outside by the time, it's dripping by the time she hands it to me. It's just hanging, boom, 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 because it's still 220 if it's that, or those little skinny ones. I, somebody gave me a skinny one the other day. I went, she must be new. Because we don't do it like this. We don't do it like this at Dairy Queen. Amen. Can I get a witness? All right. 
What's funny is we all like it that way, but we don't always treat it that way when it comes to the Lord. We want to receive that way, but do we give that way? God does. You see, what you keep, uh, what you keep and, and, uh, is, is all that you have. But when you give it to the Lord, God takes it and he multiplies it. And what God's trying to do is not take from us. He's trying to get us to trust him that with good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, he'll give unto us if we'll just do it his way. If we'll just honor him with our giving. Again, I didn't write this. The, the illustration of the basket is one that you know really, really well. It's the feeding of the 5,000. It's the boy, the Bible says, with a basket of five loaves and two fish, and he gives it all. And what does Jesus do? He takes it and he blesses it. And he breaks it. And he gives it. And at the end, when they collect all that's left over, there are 12 baskets full. Almost like one for every disciple to go, guys, I'm a God of more than enough. I'm never trying to take from this little boy. I'm not trying to take from him so he has nothing. That's what the enemy of your soul wants to say. If you honor God with your giving, you're not going to have anything. You're going to be like like a bag with holes in it. It's never going to be enough. It's never going to stay there. But if you trust God, that's the way it will be. If you tithe, if if, if you bring your first fruits, if you give, if you operate with generosity, there's never going to be enough. And what God says, if you'll trust me, if you'll bring the basket, if you'll bring the sack lunch and you'll give it, not only will I use it, not only will I bless it, not only will I break it and multiply it, but I will give more back to you than you ever gave to me. The question is, do you believe that? It's really interesting. We can trust God for the sweet by and by, but sometimes it's hard to trust him for the here and now. The bag the basket, and the third one is the barn. The barn where there's more than enough, more than enough. There's so much that you don't have the ability to contain it. Let's go back to Proverbs chapter 3, verse 9 and 10, the text that we began with. Honor, so show respect, show esteem. Don't treat as ordinary or common. Honor the Lord with what? With your wealth, with the first fruits of your crops, and then your barns will be filled to overflowing, and your vats will brim over with new wine. This is part of where we get the, the principle of tithing, because tithing is 10%. Tithing, but tithing isn't just 10% of my income, it's the first 10%. I, I don't pay everything and then whatever I have left over, I give to God. No, no, no. I honor Him with the first. Commandment number one, I'm the Lord your God and I'll have no other gods before me. God wants us to be all in, to trust him, to trust him. Now, again, let me say this. I've said this before. I've said this for many, many years. I didn't learn the principle of tithing from Bible college or from seminary or in some class or course. It wasn't the exegesis of scripture that all of a sudden this became revealed to me. I learned this from a man who worked in a factory every day of my life, who got paid every Tuesday And every Tuesday night, when he would sit down after dinner, 
My mom would be doing the dishes. My brother and I would be doing God knows what. And my dad would sit there, and he had a white box with every bill in it and with a checkbook. And he would set that box on the table. He would take out his glasses. He would take out the checkbook. And the first check he would write was the tithe. And he would write that check out. He would tear it off, and he would place it over here because that's what he was going to take to church on Sunday. And then he went through the bills. And all of my years growing up, we qualified for free lunch. We qualified for subsidies. My dad would never take those. My dad would work three jobs if he had to before he did that. He was like, nope, God will provide. And I'm telling you, there was never a day that we didn't have enough. There was never a time that we didn't have enough. Now, I remember being in that old Fort Torino, and mom would pray, boys, we got to pray that God will stretch this gas. I don't know if you ever did that. This was back in the 70s and the oil embargo and every, we got to stretch this gas and that God will get. But we never ran out of gas. We never ran out. Never ran dry. I remember it was a Sunday and my dad got paid on a Tuesday and there was not enough money for a loaf of bread. And so my mother scrounged together like the widow's oil and Zarephath and she made a loaf of of bread. That was the best bread I've ever had in my life. I still remember that loaf of bread. But that's all that we had. But it was more than enough and God blessed and blessed. And we were never without a meal. We were never without a a, a roof over our head. We were never without anything. When I went to college, I was the first one in my family to go to college. And and my dad didn't have, he didn't have the luxury of being able to save back. But he knew that God had called me and he knew that God would provide. And he said, you go and God will take care of it. And I remember one time, it was was between the first semester and the second semester. And my mother said, there is not going to be any money. You're probably not going back. And my dad said, oh no, God will provide. And I don't know how, my dad fully can't explain it to this day, but that soft more year, that second semester, it's probably because that's when I was going to meet Tammy. Amen. Hallelujah. And so (laughs) God provided. Hallelujah. And so anyhow, it was like it all came together every single semester. Why? Because God is not a God of, of holes and bags. God is not a God of just a basket. God is a God that if we will honor him with the first He will overflow our barns and he will overflow our vats. And some people go, I've never seen that. Have you lived it? Everything in scripture is based on the contingency of if you will do this, then I will show up. It's called faith. Without faith, it's impossible to serve God. You cannot serve God without faith. You have to believe. You have to look at his word. So what does his word say? In the Old Testament, this principle is is walked out over and over and even to the New Testament. The idea of first, putting God first, this is about honoring him. God, I honor you. I esteem you. I hold you highly. I don't, this isn't common or ordinary. The first check, and I know some of you don't write checks. Many of you don't write checks. I get made fun of by the staff because I still write checks. But anyhow, the first that you do is unto the Lord. Genesis chapter 4, verses 3, 4, and 5. It says, in the course of time, Cain, so the two sons of Adam and Eve, Cain and Abel, brought to the Lord an offering. Look at that word and. Just circle it, underline it, pay attention to it. Other fruit of the ground. Verse 4. And Abel brought of the firstborn of his flock and the fat portions. Circle, underline first. Cain brought an, some. Abel brings first. And the Lord 
had regard for Abel and his offering, but Cain and his offering, he had no regard. This is interesting. It's not about the amount. It's never about the amount with God. It doesn't matter. Listen to me. If you're a high school student or, or, you're, or you're, you're in middle school and you're cutting, you're cutting grass and you're, you're doing lawn work and, and all of a sudden this is what you have and, or, or you've got a job sacking groceries. I remember Harp's Grocery Store, $2.35 an hour. Holla, I know, don't hate me because you ain't me. But I'm just saying, like, back in the day, I thought I was rolling in the money and, and, and sacking groceries at a local grocery store. It doesn't matter if that paycheck is 26 bucks, $2.60, the first $2.60 I honor the Lord. Again, only two ways you honor God in Scripture. That's one. And you go, but $2.60, like, what difference does it make? No, no, it's not about the amount. It's never been about the amount. God's never concerned about the amount. If it was about the amount, it'd be a totally different conversation. It's about your heart. It's about honoring him with your first. It doesn't matter how much Cain gave. He gave some. It was like, I'm going to pay this and do this and do this. Oh, yeah, I need to do something for the Lord. Here, Lord, here's for you. That's treating God as average or ordinary, like another bill. Do you treat your giving to the Lord like another bill? Man, it's quiet in here. Y'all want me to talk back about some Dairy Queen, don't you? Amen. No, you honor him. This is first. This is it. Exodus 23, verse 19 says, The best of the first fruits of your ground shall you bring it to the house of the Lord. Leviticus 27, 30 says, Every tithe, tithe means the first 10%. That's the part that's blessed. Not the second, not the third, not the last, not the eighth. The first 10% is what's blessed. The, for every tithe of the land, whether it's the seed of the land or the fruit of the trees of the Lord, it's holy to the Lord. Malachi 3.10 says, bring the full tithe into the storehouse. The storehouse is where you receive your, your, your nourishment, your feeding to the house of God, to the, in our context, the church. In their context, it would have been the synagogue or to the temple. That there may be food in my house and thereby put me to the test. Now, here's interesting. The only place in Scripture where it says you could test God is in giving. Isn't that interesting? And see if I will not open up the windows of heaven for you and pour down on you a blessing until there is no more need. It's not about God getting. It's not about the church getting. It's about you trusting. It's about you honoring. It doesn't take faith to give the last 10%. It doesn't take faith to give it after you paid the car payment and the house payment and the electric bill and the light bill. It doesn't take faith after you paid this bill and that bill. It takes faith when that's the first check, that's the first portion, that's the first thing that you set aside. This is what God did for us. God gave his first and his best, best through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And the entire world today is blessed because of it. John three sixteen. For God so loved the world that he gave his first, his one, his only son. So what's your mindset? Every one of you have one of these three mindsets. Is it the bag? I never have enough, I never have enough, I never have enough. And I'm just going to tell you, you'll never have enough. I sometimes interact with young businessmen and women in the church, and they're on their way, and they're, and they're very ambitious, and I get all of that. But they're trying to 
wear a certain timepiece or drive a certain car or live in a certain neighborhood or, or keep up with the Joneses, so to speak. And, and, I, and I will, and, 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 they'll, and sometimes, many times, they'll come into the church for a season and they'll go out and they'll come back in and they'll go out and they never get where they're going. Oh, they may drive a nice car here or there. They may have a nice house, but they owe every Tom, Dick, and Harry. They, they, they never get ahead. Why? Because what they're trying to do is in their own way, they don't honor God. They treat this as common and ordinary. They treat this as preacher talk. And they just kind of go do what they want to do. And they just, they strive and it just is not the right thing. And there's never enough. I see people that, that again, sometimes in church and it's like when you, this talk comes up, you just kind of go, I want to do more, but I can't. And there's all these lists and reasons instead of saying, no, if God's word is asking this of me, then there's a way. There's a way. God will never ask you to do what you don't have the ability to do. It first begins in my heart. And then it comes out in my actions. The basket. Yeah, man, it's just, here's what I got, here's what I got, here's what I got, here's what I got. And God takes it and he uses it and he blesses it. And the basket sometimes, it happens for seasons, it happens in spurts, but it's not, it's, you don't quite really get the full impact of the first of the first fruit of the tithe. And then there's people that have barns that are overflowing. They're not, never in want. It's not that they don't have needs, but God always supplies, God always. It's, it, the oil never runs dry. The, the cupboard never goes completely empty. It's God is there because they've honored him. It's the widow's might. When Jesus, Jesus and the disciples are at the synagogue and, and they're watching and they're seeing and, 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 and they stop. And, and, and Jesus said, you see all these people that have given all kinds of money and all these people with expensive robes and, and all these people that have a lot of money. But I want you to look, watch this woman right here. This widow woman, this woman that would have been, would have been basically just on a limited fixed income at best because there was no social services in the first century. There was no social security. There was no, none of that. And she drops less than a penny into the plate. And he goes, look, she gave more than anybody else. And the disciples are like, what? Is this like heavenly math? Like, how does this work? Like, what's going on? He says, no, 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 no. It's not ever about the, the amount. It's about the heart. They gave some, but she gave all. Remember Cain and Abel? Cain gave some. He gave God an offering. You could throw a $10,000, $100,000 check in the offering. You can't buy God out. It's never about the money. It's never about the amount of money. Never, ever, ever. But you could be a kid working a minimum wage job at Panda Express. God help you. Make sure you got white rice. Amen. At Panda Express. And you got a paycheck that's 123 bucks this week, and you bring a tithe of $12.30. God will more bless that, and God will more see that than he does the $100,000 check from somebody who's just trying to pay God off or drop it. Because it's not about the amount. It's about the heart. It's about the heart. Are we honoring God? And we want God to bless us, but are we honoring him? We, 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 we say we trust him, but do we really? Do we treat this as just average and common and ordinary? Or do we go, God, we choose, because this doesn't speak of who God is. This speaks of who we are. That's the reason why I watch my dad. 
week in and week out, when I knew there weren't enough money, my dad never bought new clothes. I, I, I remember watching the sacrifices. I am the man I am today because I watched my dad lead and love and stay committed. Wasn't perfect, but did everything he could. But he honored God to the very best of his ability, even when it cost him, even when there didn't seem like there wasn't enough. There always was enough, always. So why is generosity and first fruit so difficult? Because it's only one of two ways that we're called to honor God. Every time you operate this way, you operate like the Father. Every time you operate this way, there's blessing with that. Again, I didn't write it. I'm just saying, telling you what it says. And the enemy doesn't want you to have either to become more like Jesus or to have the blessings of God in your life. He wants you to live life with holes in your pockets. He wants you to feel like you are toiling and you are never getting ahead. You are never blessed. You are never whatever. He, do, he wants you to live in that type of a way. So today, I ask this question every campus. Are you honoring God with your giving? That's between you and the Lord. That's not my business. I don't know what you give. This church is too wide, too, too broad, too big for me to know what people give. But you know. Are you tithing 10%, the first 10% of your income to the Lord? Like Abel, not like Cain. Giving the first not gifts giving some. And is the amount of your giving, that's not what's important. It's the first that matters. Are you putting God first in this area? Are you honoring God? Because many times we would answer that question with, yes, I'm honoring God. But talk is cheap. It's kind of like being in a ball game and you're beating the other team. It's like scoreboard. There it is, baby. It doesn't lie. The numbers don't lie. There it is. You can look in that checkbook, in that register. You, you, you can look where you're giving. So don't try to catch up. Don't try to figure it all out. Oh, how much do I need to? And No, 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 no. It's, not, it's just began today. God, forgive me for not honoring you. This speaks of me, not of you. Help me to honor you according to your word. I'm going to make it a priority to bring the first, not the second, not the third, not the seventh, not the eighth, not the ninth, or the last 10%. You're number one, Lord. If we don't honor God, who will? We want to point to the world and talk about how they're not honoring God. We want to boycott this and that and talk about why they don't honor God, how that's ungodly and it's dishonoring. Let's look at our own house first. Are we, according to scripture, are we? Again, it's a personal, personal, personal inventory. But would you bow your heads and you close your eyes with me? And I'm just going to pray and then the band's going to come. There's no special offering today. We're talking about honor. Father, I just thank you. For your word, this is simple and it's straightforward. And I pray for people that have kind of that bag mentality. There's never enough, never enough, never enough. I pray, let them make a decision today to honor you with their giving, with the first 10%, God, of their earning. 
I pray for the Lord where, where it's the basket, where it's, it's enough, it's enough, it's enough. I pray, oh God, bless them today. That it would be more than enough. God, that they'd get to, Lord, where it's like a barn, where their life is, they're, they're just, they're a conduit, where they're blessing others. And I know we all want to be there, but help us today to do what we need to do to honor you. In Jesus' name, amen.